And welcome, everyone, to an all-new episode of the Comic Multiverse. Uh, an episode that we promise will be good and we won't have to do a makeup episode for. <laughs> no, I think this one will make up for it. People liked the makeup episode, but then at the same time, too, when Wednesday came around, they're like, oh, so no, no new episode, huh? And I'm like, well, you know, we could have, but we already exhausted all the news for the makeup show and we just couldn't do a show with nothing. <laughs> so we'll wait <laughs> and we'll be sure by next week there's going to be a lot of stuff to cover. And by God, is there a lot of stuff to cover today. There was, there was some good stuff and there was some bad stuff. This is this is going to be a weird episode for some people. I, I bet you this is going to be the most bittersweet episode I think we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it's also going to be pretty much entirely exclusively DC content because uh, for those who are unaware... This week was WonderCon, although I don't know how you couldn't be unaware of it while being a comic fan. It seemed like everyone was out there and everyone was reporting news from there. Yep, it was pretty big. Mm -hmm. And possibly the biggest thing, or at least the thing I was most into, was we had the big DC Rebirth panel that was streamed live. The first time they ever did something like that. And I gotta say, it was a pretty great stream, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I, I watched it at 2.30 in the morning here, and... It, it, I didn't have any problems with it. It streamed, like, flawlessly. Yeah, and there was no, like, big audio technical fuck-ups on their end, too. It was a very well-run thing. Yeah. And, and even just in general, you know, Jim Lee and Jeff Johns and even Dan DiDio came out, and they laughed, they palled around, they talked casually. I'm like, man, you guys should do this more often. This does great things for your image. Yeah, you should employ this into your comics. Yeah, you really should. You guys actually seem like a cool group of people to hang out of and, and not just like a bunch of evil corporate masters. Yes. <laughs> they weren't even afraid to make fun of themselves either. Like Jim Lee's like, yeah, right. you know, we, we got rid of the collars on a lot of those costumes. Oh, me and my collars. <laughs> and Dan DiDio's like, Nightwing, yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> Yeah, 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 fuck him and his blue. <laughs> yeah, fuck him and his blue book that's coming back. And uh, I like when Dan Abnett came up, too. Someone mentioned his work on Guardians of the Galaxy, and Dan DiDio's like, Guardians of the Galaxy, what's that? <laughs> we, we don't put out that book, which means it doesn't exist. <laughs> I think you mean Legion of Superheroes is what you mean. <laughs> yes, Dan, or yes, Dan, Legion of Superheroes, that's what we mean. <laughs> But yeah, it was a huge show. They made a big do about bringing out all the different writers. Obviously, the titles we already knew, but now we finally got to know not only the writing teams, but even the new directions that the books were going to be going in. And they and they told us quite a lot, didn't they? They did. They they told us a lot, but didn't tell us a lot. Mm -hmm. If that it's, makes sense. That, it's they gave yeah. the elevator pitch, is what it was. Here's the pitch that will take you, you know, for the time to ride the elevator. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah, for the next couple of months until these books come out. Mm -hmm. They did it family by family, and they kind of ran the whole thing down. Obviously, I did a big video running down all the different titles, and a lot of people seem to be enjoying it. It has over 3,000 views right now, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that most popular comic book YouTube guys who would talk about this kind of thing were at the show and not online. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's helpful. That's really helpful. That's really helpful for me. I think if you search, like, DC Rebirth new titles, it's me and Hybrid who are up top. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, because we weren't at the show. I was invited to tag <laughs> along with some people to the show, but I couldn't make it because, you know, ankle bracelet, and it would be a breach of my parole. <laughs> that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I, I said that joke on another show, and people actually believed me. <laughs> oh, wow. People are like, Joel's on parole. What the fuck did Joel do? <laughs> 
it was a crime of passion, you see. That 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 guy shouldn't have talked about my mother like that. <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry I threw hot pork grease in your face, but you know I, I, I had hot pork grease, Andy. <laughs> mm. But yeah, it was a huge, big show, big to do. Uh, I already talked about it, which was what I was trying to say. Uh, I guess I'll let you run with it, Matt. What did you think about it? And I can only imagine you're going to want to start with the Superman titles, of which there were many super titles. I think I should start with the Superman titles. I thought the the overall show was really cool. Some of the books they were announcing had my interest, like books I wouldn't usually pick up. I know, right? Like my I, interest. Like, I'm in a situation where I'm kind of like, whoa, I thought I'd be able to cut more books with DC Rebirth, yeah. but honestly, I want to give them all a try. They all sound interesting. Yeah, yeah they all deserve a try. So, um, obviously, with the Superman stuff, we've got Action Comics, and it's returning to its original numbering. Sure is, and it's going to be written uh, with... by Dan Jurgens. Yeah, Dan Jurgens is writing Action Comics again. Who is also yes. writing Lois and Clark, and this is a guy who had his fingers in the classic Death of Superman story, so the man knows his friggin' Superman backwards and forwards. He does, and the interesting thing he said is that this Superman, in the Action Comics book at least, is the pre-Flashpoint Superman. Well, geez, it's almost as if they listened to the comic multiverse or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that looks like a lot of fun, and he's fighting Lex Luthor, who's now ruler of Apocalypse and is the Superman. Yeah, he's turned himself into a Superman himself. I love the costume Lex is wearing, the Lex Superman outfit. It looks really cool, yeah. Looks great on. I like this idea too that Lex isn't totally giving up being a hero yet after being on the Justice League and everything. No, why? Well, I, I think it's kind of like him being a hero, but kind of a villain as well. Like it's, it's he, like he, he's a villain, but thinks he's doing. He thinks he's doing good, right? Which was always kind of his really bag. Not. Yeah, yeah. That and sending jars of piss. Oh, don't worry, we'll get to that in a minute <laughs> when we do our Batman v Superman spoiler. Instead of talking about what we read this week, Matt and I are going to talk about that. But back to the comics, though. You know, our real bread and butter. Uh, yeah, then we have the actual Superman book. Mm -hmm. uh, and by that's Tomasi. been written by Peter J. Tomasi. He looks really cool. Tomasi's a Again, great that's pre-Flashpoint Superman. Mm-hmm. What was sad about that is that Tomasi didn't come out on stage, which apparently he rarely does. He rarely does social media. He rarely does interviews. He's kind of a recluse. Really? Oh, yeah. If, if you, oh, that's pretty sad. He doesn't even really have a Twitter. Like, he, his Twitter is just like an egg. Like, he never even bothered to upload a thing to his Twitter. Everyone in the comic industry follows him, but he doesn't tweet anything. <laughs> I mean, they're just hoping for that one day where he comes out. Basically, I mean, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe he's too busy writing to do social media. But yeah, Peter J. Tomasi, real underrated guy, wrote some great Green Lantern stories, wrote some great Batman and Robin stories. Bit of a recluse. Yeah, that's that's weird. Mm -hmm. Then there was, uh, the next book. Oh yeah, you the Superman. We have this Superman, which is not any superhero, not any Superman family-related character. It's he's been new. written by. Jing Yang, and it's a, uh, did he say, a kid in Shanghai gets Superman's powers yeah. and decides to become a superhero. Yeah, a kid from so China. That's pretty cool. That's friggin' awesome. And, you know, he, he talks about Shanghai for anyone who's ever been there, and he says it really is a futuristic city. It really is like the land of tomorrow. Yeah, he says it's like a, a real-life metropolis, which is great. I thought that was pretty cool. It's, you know, it's fitting, too, and I mentioned this in my own video, in the back of my cynical mind. It's like, you know, oh, of course, you know, superhero movies do great over in Asian markets. How come no one has tried to create, like, the Asian Superman? And here you go, the next Superman family character is going to be Chinese. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how this book turns out. 
And they said, too, they want to play to the idea of Superman as a world icon, as an international icon. And I'm like, that's a great idea, because, you know, in 2016, we've so moved past the point of truth, justice, and just the American way. Now it's truth, justice, and the way of the world, you know? Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, that's really great. And that's what he was in the old pre-Flashpoint universe as well. Yeah. It was all, he was a man of the world and everything. So it's good that they're bringing that back in as well. Yeah, I, I think this, the super hyphen man... If played right, this could be like the next Miss Marvel success. Like this one, you could see break down borders and actually be really huge. Because honestly, I can't think of many high-profile Asian superheroes, can you? I mean, obviously, you got Shang-Chi and you got Amadeus Cho and everything. Yeah, no, I can't really think of many either. But then you got like the really stereotypical ones like, oh, Karate Kid. (laughs) (laughs) What's his power? He can do karate. (laughs) It's <laughs> what he can. Then you got the characters who are like Asian, but being Asian isn't really much of their identity. Yeah, yeah. I think it's cool that we're gonna have a character like this, and like I said, they play it right, and they look like they got a hip young writer on it. That one could do really huge. Uh, what was next? What next had you excited? Um, Supergirl. Supergirl had me excited by our favorite Midnight Rider, Steve Orlando. I know, we, we, we were kind of like, wasn't it like a couple of episodes ago, we were sort of saying, what is Steve Orlando going to do next? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it looks like he's doing Supergirl. And I, I kind of feel sorry for the guy, because on, on the live stream, he was talking about the story and how Cyborg Superman is doing, and everyone seemed to be like kind of shocked by yeah, that. They like thought it was, that was some an big amazing spoiler. Twist. Yeah, they all gasped like this was new information, even though you're like, no guys, we've known this for a while, you just weren't reading the book. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've known this for like the last four years or something, and, and, and I felt really sorry for him because it looked like he he was like panicking, like, oh shit, I've just like said a big spoiler and everything, but like, yeah, we've known this for like four or something years. It kind of so, shocked yeah. him because he's like, oh no, really, I'm building my arc around this and none of you people knew? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'll do a really good job of it, I'm I know sure that. he will. You know what, I, I, I am one of these people where it's like you would have to do a lot to make me want to pick up a Supergirl book. Him writing it makes me want to pick it up and making it about the cyborg Superman and everything. I'm like, you know what, that's a recipe for success. Yeah, that it seems really cool book. Mm-hmm, most definitely. Uh, what was next? Was no, well, we got the Superwoman book. Yeah, which they're um, kind of hush-hush what that's about. They mentioned the writer and artist who were the same person, and then they didn't say much else about it. Yeah, no, I, I think they, they revealed in, like, a uh, solicitation a while back that the Superwoman is actually going to be pre-Flashpoint Lois. Interesting. Wow, th- that whole family's getting involved, because obviously we got Super Sons, which is going to be Jonathan White and Damien in a team-up book. Yeah, no, I remember I thought it, they were going Super Sons, like Super as in Superman, not you, Superhero. Yeah, you were thinking like, oh, it's going to be Connor Kent and Jonathan. You were half right, Matt. Yeah, yeah, I was half right. <laughs> I think that's cool to team up those two young heroes. And how awesome is Jonathan White's uh, costume? I like he's got like a little zip-up Superman hoodie and everything. (laughs) Yeah, it looks really cool. And he's got like the jeans that are ripped sort of like New 52 Superman and everything. It's a nice marriage. Yeah, it's a nice marriage of a couple different looks. And in the back of my head, I'm just like, oh, I hope they make that hoodie available like they do the Spider-Gwen hoodie because I would buy the shit out of that hoodie. (laughs) I would as well. That is a pretty cool hoodie. Look, DC, this is a license to print money right now. Even if the book is a bomb, you will make more money if you make that goddamn hoodie and bring it somewhere where <laughs> I can buy it. <laughs> it's it's literally a fry moment. It's a shut up and take my money moment. It is. It is. Uh, was that all the Superman titles? I felt like there was more. 
I think that that was all the ones, in, unless like there's like Trinity and everything. Oh yeah, I mean obviously Batman, Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman is gone to be replaced by Trinity. It's Francis Manipal doing art and writing, so you know it's gonna look beautiful. Yeah, and it's pretty, it'll probably be pretty good as well. I think it'll be pretty good. He's he's improved as a writer. Manipal is definitely up there on the positive side of writer artists. I know I like to bag on guys like Tony Daniels every so often, where it's like, man, your art is amazing. Your writing, eh. <laughs> but yeah, Manipal is one of the good ones. Uh, I guess the Bat titles, obviously they led with the Bat titles. And oh man, did they ever bring their A-game and their big guns to the Batman titles. I know, there's some pretty cool ones coming out. Uh, turns out rumors were correct, and Tom King, retired CIA agent, will be taking over Batman, which makes me think, wow, that dude hasn't even been writing comics for that long, and he's already getting some huge titles. Yeah, he, his work is really good. His uh, work is really good. It makes good. me want to pick up Vision now, because apparently his work on Vision has been really amazing and really transformative. It has. I read the first two issues, and I really like it. I just haven't read them because of all my back issues i got to review, but Same. it's really good. Yeah, it's everyone's really saying good. it's like Blade Runner in the Marvel Universe, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's really good. And, you know, you, you got to worry about him, too, at the same time, because it's like, man, hey, fill the shoes of, you know, Scott Snyder, who's had, like, one of the most high-profile runs of the last decade. Yeah, and Scott Snyder, he's he's doing all-star Batman. Yeah, he's not going. I love that Snyder and that they saved him for last. Now, it's like, now I know what you're thinking. What about Snyder? He's not going anywhere. Yeah, they basically gave him his own Batman book. They created one for him to screw around in. And, and it sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. It sounds amazing. It's like he, he said something. He was like Mad Max love it. with Two-Face and Batman. Love it. So I'm up for it. The fact I'm he says, oh, this, this new book is going to be more villain-driven, and I'm going to redesign a bunch of the villains and make them as terrifying as I did Joker, and I'm like, hells yeah. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Now, now, for those wondering, you know, it's called All-Star Batman. That's kind of, Jim Lee made the joke. He's like, oh, is that supposed to be a, a shot at my All-Star Batman and Robin that still isn't done yet? <laughs> <laughs> Again, showing that Jim Lee has a sense of humor. But yeah, I, I think it's great that... Uh, that he's got his own book to screw around. And the way they kind of made it sound is like, yes, this book is going to be in continuity, but it's going to be far enough away from the events happening in other books that Scott Snyder can just play and do whatever he wants. Yeah, so, like, it'll probably be something similar to how the New 52 worked, how, like, I think, like, the Batman book was five years in the future or something, mm -hmm. whereas Detective Comics was him starting out and everything. And uh, this, too, because obviously there's no more Greg Capullo because he's taking a break. Uh... Snyder basically said, this is my chance to work with all my favorite art friends. So Jock is going to come back and do an issue. And John Romita Jr. is going to come and do an issue. Yeah, and Sean Murphy is doing an issue. Nice. I can't wait for that issue. That's going to be good. I, I, I love that he's reached such this level where it's like, no, 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 Scott. You, you just write and you do whatever you want. And he's exclusive now. Yeah, yeah. So he's going he's gonna to bring some pretty cool stuff to DC. God, you, you got to imagine they paid him a shit ton of bat cash to be exclusive with them. Because you know Marvel was probably dangling shit in front of him too and all the other comic companies are like, okay, but what if he come over here though? <laughs> can you, <laughs> yeah, can that, you, can you imagine, I imagine. You can only imagine the shit that, that they probably uh, slid on the table behind the scenes where it's like, well, how'd you like to you know write Avenger, Scott? Or how would you like to write Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, how would you like to like be in charge of our next event or something? Yeah, really, we will let you write the next event and steer it. Or, you know, Vertigo's like, oh, hey, you know, how would you like to do this, that, and the other thing, and for him to stay exclusive and to stay Batman? 
Uh, some other Batman titles, Detective Comics, which, again, much like Action Comics, will be going back to its original numbering. I was not expecting this. Yeah, it, it, it sounds really cool. Is it James Tynan writing it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's James um, Tynan writing it, so he finally gets a Batman book after being basically Snyder's understudy for the longest time. Yep, and it sounds like it's going to be kind of like a team-up book. Yeah, they're making it the Bat Family team-up, which they really need at this point, because they have so many sidekicks and prospective sidekicks running around. Yeah, so uh, who was on the team? That was Batman, that was Clayface. Yeah, who's apparently going to be there in some regard. It's The, the way they're making it sound, it's that Batman and Batwoman, uh, Kathy Kane, are going to be mentoring the next generation of sidekicks, including uh, Cassandra Kane who is also joining yep. the team now and has a costume. So, hey, way to spoil that for Eternal. Uh, yep. Spoiler, who's been bouncing around from book to book, team to team. And I can only assume Duke and Harper Rowe are going to be on it, too. Yeah, no, um, Tim Drake is on it as... Yes, as... Uh, Red Robin. But his costume Robin. is different now. His costume is back yep. to, to the original. Yep, and yeah, I imagine it sounds pretty cool. He, he didn't... Um, so someone said, I can't remember who it was, said it was sort of like a boot camp sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that sounds really cool. I think I think it's funny Tim Drake has had such this journey to just going back and putting on his old costume again. From being <laughs> Red Robin on multiple Teen Titans books that everyone hated, to being the Batman Beyond of the Future that everyone hated, to now just, ugh, just, just put your damn costume back on and go hang out with Batman again. <laughs> Yeah, but Batman Beyond was another book they announced, and they they said Terry McGinnis is coming back, and it was like I said, yeah, here's Terry McGinnis, it take yeah, it. I, I like they dropped that. Where it's like, look, we're finally giving you what you want. I don't think it's going to be enough to save that book. Ironically, Jurgens is writing that book too, and if they had said, oh, it's going to be Terry, and we're going to get another writer, that would be fun. I don't think Jurgens gives a crap about Batman Beyond. Oh, why would he? He's doing action comics now. So. Yeah, it seems like such an afterthought where it's like, yeah, I get to write these huge, big, high-profile Superman stories. I oh, am yeah, Batman Beyond, I guess. <laughs> Jurgens is an old man. Jurgens didn't wake up every morning and watch Batman Beyond and Saturday morning cartoons. He, he doesn't care. <laughs> he, read the Wikipedia, no, he, doesn't. he read the Wikipedia page, and that was enough for him. And I'm sure he'll be really salty about having, he's like, here, I brought back this stupid character you wanted. Are you happy now, everybody? No, because the world is nothing like it was in the TV show that I like. <laughs> now, if they had said, okay, we're bringing Terry back in the Batman Beyond book and Kyle Higgins is writing it. <laughs> no, I don't think Higgins is coming back anytime soon. I think uh, I think there's a lot of bad blood between Higgins and DC, actually. <laughs> I don't think that was a nice breakup. And speaking of not nice breakups, a huge surprise for me is that Greg Rucka is going to be writing Wonder Woman. I know, that's amazing. That If you told me that like a week ago, I would have said, you're insane, that will never happen in a million years. Yeah, and, and the way he pitched the book, it was really cool because like every odd, odd book is a different storyline. Like one is year zero. Yeah. Uh, like the the first origins of Wonder Woman again, yeah. Which um, is uh, like, hey, let's <laughs> let's do her another origin. We know there's like four or five floating out there, but this but this is our good one. This is our recon or retcon. Yeah, and the evil ones are like a high fantasy sort of storyline. Yeah, kind of. What was really back. funny about that cover? What was really funny about that cover is in the background you can see Steve Trevor oh, just you... standing there in the background <laughs> where he belongs. <laughs> that says so much about his character. <laughs> but I'm still important. I'm still Steve. 
<laughs> I can be good. No, you can't, Steve. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the only book that seems like it's actually going to make use out of the bi-monthly shipping schedule now that they're going with. Yeah, it seems like a really cool thing, because then if you want to just read one story, you can only pick it up once a yeah. month and everything. It's really cool. Yeah, doing it that way, too, I think, you know, is good, because it means the writers aren't forced to, like, uh, stretch out their stories, which I feel happens a lot, or at least it's happening at Marvel with their bi-monthly stories. Yep. They're stretching yep. it out even further. Yeah, I mean, Wonder Woman, super excited to be able to pick up that again. Greg Ruck, of course had like my first or second favorite Wonder Woman run next to Gail Simone. They did like two runs back to back that were great. So I think it's awesome that he has returned to this. There's a lot of that in these DC Rebirth titles. It's like new number ones. We got writers you like back who did good runs on these characters before. <laughs> it's basically the entire DC Rebirth stream was like DC Rebirth. We're sorry about the new 52. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of what it read of up. Uh, what else was there? Oh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, written by writers of the 100. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. A bunch of female writers, and it seems it seems like a pretty cool. I know like, a lot of people really like the 100. I don't exactly know what it's about, but I, people watched, are like raving about it. Yeah, I've watched the first couple episodes. It's all right. It didn't quite drag me in or anything, but I can see why people dig on it. Uh, Hel Helena Bertinelli is back as Huntress now, so there's officially a main Earth Huntress. Cool, so I guess she's not working for Spiral anymore. No, I guess that spoils the end of Grayson then, doesn't it? Even though if you read Grayson, she <laughs> she actually became the new Dr. Daedalus is the thing. So I'm like, okay, I guess uh, Dick saves her from that and everything goes back to normal. So she needs to find <laughs> a new job. Way to telegraph that, everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, so th that'll be interesting. Uh, I, I guess speaking of Dick Grayson too, the biggest one, Nightwing is back and he's wearing blue again. I know, and Dan Abnett was, like, rolling around in his chair. <laughs> Yet our Didia was. Did oh, yeah, did Didia, yeah. Too many Dans to keep track of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Didia looked as a like, god, burns my eyes with the blue. I hate it so much. <laughs> and Tim Seeley's like, don't come at me, bro. <laughs> Which, again, man, I swear to God, they listened to the comic multiverse, because what did I say a couple episodes back? If they do a new Nightwing, it better be blue, and it better be Tim Seeley to help facilitate the uh, the turnover from Agent Grayson to Nightwing again. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. I literally could not be more pleased with that turn of events, and I like the new arc of this Nightwing book is going to be called Better Than Batman. <laughs> I know, that's really cool. Which is way too funny, because who co-wrote Grayson? Tim Seeley and Tom King, who's now writing Batman. <laughs> now, an interesting thing a fan pointed out to me about that Nightwing cover is if you look up in the corner, you can actually see a Court of Owls mask. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that as well. That scares me. I'm like, please, please, please for the love of God, don't go back to Robin War and make that part of this new story. <laughs> <laughs> And then someone said, well, maybe that's Raptor. Maybe Raptor is a talent, and Raptor is the new guy who's going to be training uh, Dick Grayson, apparently. Like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that that I am okay with. Uh, I had another point to make, but I lost it. Where did it go? Come back, point. Come, <laughs> come, come back here. Where was I going with this? Where was I going with any of this? Come back. Uh... Disappeared uh, as fast as Steve Trevor. Yeah, disappeared into the night. No, no, the, the difference between my thought that I lost and Steve Trevor is I actually give a shit about my thought that I lost. 
<laughs> the, th the thought that I lost is important, unlike Steve Trevor. Uh, oh, well, I guess, you know, while we're on the subject of Steve, uh, Steve Trevor, uh, they kind of got mumbled over, but for Suicide Squad, the new run they're doing with art by Jim Lee, it's just going to be the team from the movie, which, hey, that was a big lie, Jeff Johns. We said we weren't going to let the movies and TV shows uh, influence <laughs> the comics anymore. Oops, we lied. <laughs> what we meant to say is that they won't involve them unless they already have a movie coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so here's Katana on the team for no reason, and here's Killer yeah. Croc on the team, and Harley Quinn has blonde hair now, although to be fair, she had that in, uh, what is it, in the newest Harley Quinn that came out this week, she dyed her hair and got the jacket from the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> although, although Jimmy Palmiotti made a great joke about it, because her friend dyes her hair blonde, and then she looks at it in the mirror and goes, ooh, how cinematic, now what about the jacket? <laughs> <laughs> so the character of Harley Quinn knows why this is happening, and I think that's a nice touch. That's cool. And that's instead cool. of saying, like, property of Joker in the comic, it's a picture, or it's a thing that says owned, and under it is the Joker all beaten up in prison. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good touch, because she did kick the Joker's ass in the previous issue, so that's, uh, that's cool. Um, cool. What are some other books worth talking about? There was a lot of really interesting stuff that they pitched from there. There, uh, there was a lot of Green Lantern. A lot of Green Lantern. Green Lantern becomes Green Lanterns, and it's going to feature Baz and Jessica Cruz Power Ring. Hey, Matt, Baz got off the bus. He finally got <laughs> off it. He got, oh, I was hoping he was going to die in Edge of Oblivion. <laughs> yeah, no, he got off the bus. Baz will live. Th thank you, all you fans and listeners out there from both the Blood Sweat comic days to the comic multiverse days. Our hashtag pray for Baz worked. <laughs> but for how long? Maybe he's going to be like the first one to die. Wouldn't that be some shit? He's all over the cover and he dies first. <laughs> yeah, or he's in it for like a panel. Wouldn't be the first time it happened to Baz. Yeah, and uh, that one shot, the, the Rebirth one shot for Green Lantern gets written by Jeff Johns as well. Interesting. So that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, J Jeff Johns kind of putting his fingers into all the pies because when Abnett came out to talk uh, Aquaman which he is also writing and not changing at all from what's happening now. He's just running with the same story. <laughs> Jeff John said, yeah, and you and I are going to be working together on our uh, Legend of the Seven Seas series. So that thing that they pitched all the way back, like uh, at the end of Throne of Atlantis, that's going to actually be happening. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, they are finally getting around to it. They just put it on the back burner for a bit. <laughs> uh, Abnett, too, he's going to be writing the Titans book. Yep. Man, Abnett's going to be busy in DC Rebirth, isn't he? He is. He is. He's got a shit ton of books. Uh, at first, I was all excited when I saw the new team makeup because I'm like, ooh, 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 uh, Dick Grayson back wearing his blue and Donna Troy wearing a costume close to what she wore in the old 52. And, oh, look, Arsenal is, you know, not dressed like Red Arrow anymore. He's dressed like Arsenal. And he lost the stupid hat only for fans to point out to me, no, no Joel, he still has the hat. He just turned it backwards. And I'm like, fuck, he looks worse now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough that he has a stupid trucker cap as part of his costume, but now he has it turned backwards, making him look like an even bigger goddamn tool. <laughs> God damn it, fucking trucker cap. <laughs> that hat is the bane of my goddamn existence, I swear. But it, but it's fine, though, because maybe he'll be in a book where he won't be shitty, and maybe it'll all be okay. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. We can dream. Uh, speaking of Green Arrow-related characters, Green Arrow will continue to be written by Benjamin Percy. Awesome. Love what he's been doing on the project. And him and Black Canary will finally be reunited. 
Nice. Good. Good, that's all I can say. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Actually, I read, uh, because I follow the writer and artist on Twitter, they uh, they released the first cover and also the first kind of like little little blurb of what the book is, and they said, uh, reunited for the first time, <laughs> Black Canary and Green Air. I'm like, yep, that's fair, reunited for the first time. <laughs> I'm glad you can admit it. <laughs> And I like uh, it's that's like, great. and it's like, oh, he's getting his girlfriend back. Does that mean uh, Speedy is going to hang out with him again? Does that mean Roy is going to come back to his? But he's got the goatee back. Okay, okay then. <laughs> I won't. I won't get greedy then. Thank you. <laughs> I like in the conference too. Jeff Johns was like, and you know what? In, in the best Green Arrow stories, he had a goatee. So now it's back. And I'm like, that's that's solid reasoning, Jeff Johns. This this is why you make <laughs> the big bucks and why you're head of creative. <laughs> Let no one uh, tell you any different, sir. <laughs> uh, that's good. What else is coming out that you're excited for? I feel like I've done most of the talking. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, the new the new Justice League books seem pretty cool. R- written by uh, Hitch, so they've taken him off Justice League of America. He's going to just finish that book, and then they're going to put him on regular Justice League. That's pretty cool. I, I'm I'm going to buy Justice League of America in trade paperbacks when it comes out. It's it's a good story. Ironically, there's going to be another Justice League of America, but they were still very hush hush on what that book is going to be. Yeah, and they they also didn't announce um, stuff like Justice Society and everything. No, nor so maybe did... that that's what it has become. Maybe maybe they also didn't talk about Earth Two, even though Earth Two has been slated yeah. to get a book. There were some weird ones they chose not to talk about for whatever reason. Yeah, maybe they're not that far along in the process yet, which kind of has me worried as well. Yeah, yeah, that is. You know, they come out in a couple of months, and you know. Here's what you do for Justice League of America, because we've been on a freaking roll so far, and I think we've more than shown that DC Comics listens to the comic multiverse. We we have the ear of the industry, and we take credit for all the good ideas. Uh, For Justice League of America, because you had no new books for anything, either Wildstorm or milestone related throw some of those characters on a justice league of america team let's uh, let's have icon and midnighter on a team and then you can just you know fill in other characters as need be basically any other justice leaguer who doesn't have a book well the way i think they should do it is they should do it make they should make it like how avengers world was how each arc a different type of team right well that's what Whereas, they like, tried one arc was to like, do Hawkeye and Wolverine and everything went they can do that with this this as well. They they tried doing that with Justice League United and that didn't work out, unfortunately. Yeah. Also, if you're a if you're a fan of the paranormal universe, you're SOL'd again because there's no new Justice League Dark or anything. No, and the, the not really many cosmic books either as well. There's only like a couple of Green Lantern books that'll be cosmic, so yeah. yeah. Uh, Friggin' Constantine, while I'm on the subject of the Dark Universe, hangs on by the skin of its teeth. I'm amazed Constantine is still hanging in there. I know. I I don't know. I think it's just, like, good faith off the TV show and, like, that appearance on Arrow that's, like, sort of keeping him alive. That and, and I then assume... once that goes down, you know, it'll go away. That and I assume just loyal Vertigo fans, because if you want to read Constantine, if you want to read Hellblazer, sorry, this is the only place you can do it. Yeah. Now, they did come out and say for this new Constantine book, it will be him teaming up with Swamp Thing to go uh, save Abigail, uh, Abigail Arcane. So there you go. 
Oh, okay. It's kind of like a Justice League Dark story. Again, Red Hood, yet another book that hangs on yet again. There's no there's no new Catwoman book, but Red Hood gets to stick around. <laughs> at least at least thank God Starfire and Roy got to go to other teams where they will hopefully be more successful. This new thing they're doing sounds interesting where it's like, yeah, it's going to be Red Hood teaming up with Bizarro and Artemis, to where I'm like, okay. That's like an interesting Dark Trinity thing. Who's writing it? Scott Lobdell? Ah, oh, well, it'll be shit then. Yeah, that's what I, I was like kind of excited. I'm like, holy shit, Bizarro's coming back and everything. Oh, Scott Lobdell. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> Notice they did not bring Lobdell out to talk. No. <laughs> yeah, that's another I weird... imagine if they did, everyone would be like throwing like rotten tomatoes and like chairs and shit at him well if labdell would come out to you know he'd be really sleazy to all the women you know who are on stage and they can't have that <laughs> I, I don't think he's allowed to come to cons anymore because of that <laughs> like you know that lady they had uh running the thing he'd be like well thanks baby well thanks sweet jesus let's just let me get a squeeze squeeze there <laughs> and, and everyone's like why do we keep this man employed again oh yeah because he's Dio's friend that's why <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, sleazy Scott Lobdell, aren't you a fun one? <laughs> I, uh, I, I hope you guys find those jokes funny, because those are the jokes that have me personally blacklisted from Scott Lobdell. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, 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 I'm sure I've told you the story that a fan uh, saw him at a comic book signing and tried to get a Red Hood sign for me because he knew it would be a funny joke gift for me. He mentioned my name in the groups that I worked with, and Scott Lobdell said no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Scott Lobdell is not a fan of me, everybody. He knows who I am, and he knows me enough to hate me, and I have it on good authority, too, from other people I've interviewed. Uh, he listens to everything in which his name is brought up, and which means he's probably listening to this. Hello, Scott. Hello, Scott. Try to write better. <laughs> Everyone wave and say hello to Scott Lobdell, everybody. <laughs> uh, good times, good times. Uh, I, I feel like we're missing a bunch of stuff, but you know, I, I think that's most of the titles we talked about. Yeah, I think that's they they announced a lot, but like there was a lot of as we said, there was a lot of books that they didn't really go into detail about because they're kind of lightning round a couple at the end. Yeah, not yeah. really talking about them that much. Some some weird creators who were absent. No new Gail Simone book. Oh, Joel is sad. Oh, oh well. That's okay. She's got clean room. She's writing. <laughs> no, uh, no new Marguerite Bennett book either, despite uh, Bleeding Cool starting all those rumors that she would be taking over Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry, Rich Johnson, I guess you got that one wrong. It was a good thought, though. I mean, you you were right about the other shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, t two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently she's going to be sticking on and doing bombshells and everything, which is probably for the best. I need to go back and continue to read bombshells. I really liked it. Cool. Bombshells was a cool digital series, and uh, I, I guess with that we're uh, we're almost up to the forty minute mark here. I guess with that, after talking about all the new titles, I suppose we can switch over to the Batman v Superman Dawn of the Justice spoiler talk. So uh, if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, you can back out now. We'll be back again next week with a regular show. Although maybe next week we should do our Daredevil spoiler cast because we didn't get to do. Oh yeah, it. <laughs> I'm I'm sure people would like that. Uh, 
you can come back after you've seen the movie if you want. So uh, if, if this is the point where you tap out, thanks for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, do all that other social network jazz and everything. And uh, for those of you who have seen the movie and are sticking around, I guess we'll get into it. Uh, chances are, by the time you listen to this, my review will already have been up. Uh, Matt has his review up currently over at uh, Fortress of Solitude, so be sure to listen to that if you haven't already. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Matt, because uh, Matt's been, you know, busting at the seams <laughs> talking. About it, and I just saw it tonight as we record this. Oh my god, I don't want to talk about this movie again. <laughs> no, neither do I. It's like, I saw it, it once... It, and I'm like, yeah, I'm it good. It tires me to think about this movie. Yeah, and you've had longer to think. I'm still processing it in my mind is the thing. I'm, oh, you're, you're going to be processing it for the next week. I, I'm still trying to work through all the sights and sounds that I saw and the jars of piss. <laughs> oh, God, don't get into the jars of piss. Yeah, we're, we're not even joking about the jar of piss. Like, I read other people's reviews and they made reference to Lex Luthor's jar of piss being like a major focal point of the movie and I'm like that they're joking right that can't possibly be serious and then I see the movie and literally everyone in the movie goes silent to look at Lex Luthor's charm yeah that 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 scene for for anyone who's not seen the movie movie, that scene is set up in this uh I think it was Congress or something and for some reason some junior senator from Kentucky is allowed to like hold a courtroom case against Superman. Yeah. I don't know how politics works, but I'm guessing it's not that way. Yeah, it was like some um, sort of like hearing trial thing. Yeah, it was very weird that they could just do this. Yeah, and, and there's like a jar of piss there because of like some throwaway line Lex Luthor said later uh, earlier on in the movie. Yeah, where she's like, and, you, know, you, you can't lie to me, Lex. You can, you know, uh, go, what is it, give me a jar of piss and tell me it's granny's sweet tea, but I know the difference. Wah, wah. Yeah, it was just like some throwaway line. And <laughs> I don't know whether it was like they didn't have enough to like edit it or something, but the scene went on for like way too long. You did. She just stares blankedly at that piss. For a long time, and then an explosion happens. Yeah, and Superman stands there all sad, like, why, why don't people love me? Yeah, why don't people... That was Superman's entire thing through the whole movie. Why don't people like me more? Maybe because you're a mopey bitch, that's why. Maybe because three minutes into the film, you killed a motherfucker. You punched a dude... Like, here's the thing. It's like, when I, obviously, I saw the movie with a very open mind. I'm like, you know what? Maybe they'll have learned from Man of Steel. Maybe this one will be different. <laughs> and I sit down there, and I'm like, okay, you know, it's, it's just kind of moving along. Well, They open with the origin of Batman. I'm like, okay, they're getting this out of the Again. way. Good enough early okay you know that's fine you know they're introducing batman they're getting it out of the way we see superman for the first time it's like yeah superman's gonna save the day you know he's learned his lesson about killing people he's gonna try and talk this this african warlord down he punches the african warlord through several walls and there, there was like a million different like he could use his heat vision to heat up the gun and melt yeah. it and he could he could have gone super fast and like grabbed the gun and and you you know what else you know that photographer that photographer was, was fucking jimmy, jimmy olsen Alt. i know snyder came out with that a couple days later he's like yo bros that uh the journalist that i killed the guy who was working for the cia that was totally jimmy olsen i thought it would be fun to to, to kill an old school superman character and i'm just like remind me never to have fun with you zach snyder if that's that, your idea that- that pissed me the fuck off. You're right. Like, well, when I saw that, I thought, oh, it's just... Because, like, I saw, like, reviews beforehand, and they said that was a photographer, but he wasn't really a photographer. He was working for the CIA, and thought, oh, it's just going to be some throwaway guy. You know, and he's like, oh, it's GB Olsen, man. I killed him, man. It's so cool. Now, apparently, fuck apparently, while we're on the subject of that, uh, it's that scene in the opening that actually uh, uncut 
earned the movie its R rating, and it's in the R rated cut. They actually do call him Jimmy Olsen by name. Yeah, that, that was why it was R rated because they call him Jimmy Olsen. Because they call Jimmy Olsen too hardcore for movies. And, and even that, even that, like when he when he got killed, like where was Superman with that? Like I, and it was sort of cut in a way that I could have seen him. Like they they cut to the shot of the warlord with his gun and everything mm. i expected the gun to go off and superman to be there with and a like bullet in his head the bullet and shit yeah yeah that like that was that would be something superman would do yeah, instead he waits until lois lane is in, in danger trouble. which he does all throughout the movie superman only intervenes when lois is in danger yeah. and that african storyline like, i talked about it in my review because it really pissed me the fuck off the whole thing is these rebel fighters, Lex Luthor's men, played by that guy who's in all these other movies. Yeah. Um, that that guy they, who was supposed killed... to be KG Beast, right? That Russian yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. He he and his men kill a bunch of uh, people, and then they blame it on people. Superman. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, who's gonna believe Superman shot a bunch? Yeah. Of people? Yeah. Since when does Superman, the guy who can shoot lasers from his eyes, need guns to kill people? And why did they use like the only reason they used like special bullets is to get like. Lois Lane to do something. Yeah, lo you know, it, this is a very convoluted movie that you can tell went through a number of rewrites. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, like, especially when it gets to a point where it's like, okay, so Lex Luthor found Kryptonite. Yes, Kryptonite exists in this movie universe now, even though Zack Snyder said all throughout Man of Steel it never would. And then that, that, even that scene pissed me off because, like, why didn't Superman clean up that Kryptonian tech from the what? ocean? It's just like sitting there in the middle of the ocean near an island why didn't anyone clean up why was that stuff not claimed by any government why are people just able to strip it 18 months later after the attack oh god why why has nothing happened in this 18 months why are you letting people just screw around with alien technology <laughs> exactly yeah there's like just people diving and like bringing it up and like oh look what we found a, you know some kryptonian tech that's really dangerous and but, so you know and so Lex Luthor is trying to bring the kryptonite into the country legally, but the government won't let him bring the kryptonite into the country legally, so he's going to smuggle it in. And Batman gets on top of the smuggling operation so he can get the kryptonite to fight Superman, but Lex doesn't want him to have the kryptonite, but it behooves him to let Batman have the kryptonite because he's trying to get Batman and Superman to fight one another, and the only way Batman can do it is if you have the kryptonite... So why didn't he just let him get the kryptonite, but then Batman breaks into LexCorp and steals the kryptonite in a thing we didn't see, but he leaves the bat thing behind to let Luther know that he took the kryptonite. <laughs> that, that, that was another thing. Like, all through this movie, like, before, when we first see Batman, when we first see Batman is actually pretty cool. Oh, but Like, in that, um, where he's taking down that sex trafficker or whatever yeah, the guy was. Batman, by far, the coolest thing of this movie at first. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't like in that scene when he when the cops start shooting at him, he starts crawling along the wall like Spider Man. Yeah, like like a bat, like he's literally hanging from the ceiling. I am the knight. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like looking for something called the White Portuguese, and it turns out it's a ship that's docked in Gotham Harbor. Yes. And I'm like, why didn't why didn't he like why wasn't he looking for ships? If this this guy who's meant to be KG Beast, he says. He's out of Gotham Port. So, like, why wasn't he looking at every ship that comes and goes? Yeah, why was from... that not his first? I'm not a super detective, but I'm world's pretty... greatest detective. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I do a Google search, I can be like, oh, hey, there's a boat called the White Portuguese. Maybe I should check that out. Yeah, and it's only convenient when he finds it when it finally comes in and with the kryptonite on there. 
Yes. It's, God damn it. God yeah, damn it. <laughs> the writing in this movie. And they had Goyer. They had Chris. I swear Chris Terrio. They made a big deal like, oh, Chris Terrio is coming on board. Didn't he do great on Argo? I, swear I, I feel his name was just there for just, you know, look, we have Chris Terrio just so they could say that. You know what I feel? I feel Chris Terrio came on board as Affleck's writer. Like, you know, Terrio will only be writing things for me to say. Well, remember, there was that rumor going around that Affleck was like writing like doing script changes on set like while they were filming it's it's kind of like so. a bruce willis thing where it's like i have the biggest pull of any actor here so i'm not going to say anything i don't feel comfortable with i'm basically going to improv scenes and you're going to put it in the movie yeah pretty much which you know what might have been the best because he's the only one in the entire movie who actually you know has a motivation and who actually makes sense from scene to scene and actually has something that he's working towards yeah yeah is the thing like i mean this is a batman movie through and through because the movie really only comes to life when batman is on screen that being said this is easily the most cruel and psychotic batman ever put to film oh yeah he's he's killing people left and right and like before you come at us and say no 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 it was supposed to like be a reference to the dark knight returns and everything dark knight returns batman would shit his pants if he ever met this batman this movie batman has more in common with asriel than he does anything else yeah, exactly. I remember I've seen people say that, like, is this Batman John Paul Valley or he, is it Bruce Wayne? Or? Not only does, you know, does he murder people, not only does he use guns as guns, he straight up tortures people. He brands them. Yeah, which in turn makes them get killed in prison. Yeah, I didn't understand that, that thing where it's like, oh, and the bat mark is like a, is a mark for death in prison. I'm like, you would think that would be a badge of honor. Oh, I ran into the bat and I survived. Or, I, I think he only does it for, like, rapists and stuff oh, to or, sort of signify they are a rapist. They are, like, child molester or something. Right, okay. I, I don't, they didn't really explain it properly. That, that makes more sense. Or to, you know, I only branded this guy to torture him so he would tell me something that I wanted to know so you know this guy is a snitch so be sure to kill the yeah, snitch. Yeah, that, that that would actually make more sense. Okay, that's fine. Okay, that's that's fine. The, the brand makes sense, everybody. We figured it out. <laughs> but, oh yeah, this he uses guns as guns. He crushes two guys in a car. He uses a car as a wrecking ball and uses it to crush another car full of guys. Yeah, he he blows up some gas tank because why not? Yeah, because it's there. Uh, he shoots a dude, uh, his flamethrower tank, uh, while Superman's mom is right there, but somehow his cape is able to absorb the explosion of a flamethrower. I, I, I remember that scene, like, Snyder came out and said, oh, this scene was in, you know, Dark Knight, and in Dark Knight Returns, they, you know, shot him in the head, and, like, they didn't, though. No. Like, in, in Dark Knight Returns, he shot the wall next to the guy yeah. and, like, freaked the guy out, and... People say, no, 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 there's blood on the wall. Like, there isn't blood on the wall. It's just how the panel is drawing and everything. And, like, Snyder just completely misinterprets everything he reads, obviously. Yes, yes he does. I'm glad you mentioned that, Matt, because I think this movie is very telling about Zack Snyder as a creative personality. And I think I figured it out. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I don't think he actually reads these comics. I think he's just been shown, like, a couple of panels from it. Like, hey, Scott, this looks so fucking cool, doesn't it? And it's like Batman holding a gun, mm -hmm. and suddenly, mm -hmm. oh, maybe Batman holds guns all the time. Yeah, I think because he's such a visual director, I think he only looks at the pictures is the thing. Yep. I think yep. he looks at the pictures, and then he goes, let's do that. So that's why his movies are always so weak on theme and character, because he's not up on reading comprehension. 
Yeah, and, and it really shows, especially in this movie, especially with, like, Superman. He's hardly in this fucking film. Yes, he is. In a movie where the entire theme is supposed to be, does Superman have a right to exist? How would the world react if there was a true demigod among us? And everybody, and I mean everybody, gets to have their own two cents, and on both sides of the issue. Some make good arguments, some don't. You know who doesn't get to talk, and who doesn't get to say anything about his right to exist? Superman. That's like that again. That Congress scene, like he just walks in and just stands there silently. He doesn't not saying anything or you know thanking them for letting mm -hmm. him come or you know doing something Superman would do. I was waiting and for Superman to give like an impassioned speech and make exactly, me believe, but he doesn't. So it would have been much better if he gave this big speech and then the bomb happened. Superman is practically mute during this entire movie, and you think like, oh, well, maybe he's become more of a character, maybe we'll see more of Clark Kent than we did in Man of Steel. No, <laughs> we see less. Everyone's always asking where Clark Kent is. <laughs> yeah, we see less. He has actually regressed since Man of Steel. He's more alien and more aloof than he was. Yeah, and, you know, he goes and hikes Mount Everest and meets Kevin Costner. Yeah, meets the ghost and of Kevin Costner, who is still giving that bad advice. That scene was so... Yeah. God damn it. He's, I love that Ghost Dad is still giving bad advice from beyond the grave. I, 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 I was, like, wondering in those scenes, like, if he had his Fortress of Solitude still, because they, they can't let him have that as well. No, no, because that would um, be lame and fruity, don't you understand? Yeah, he could have, like, gone there and, like, talked with Jor-El about, like, why did you send me here if these people are gonna, like, hate me for yeah. what I am? And it could have been this really nice scene between him and Jor-El and everything. And then he could have seen, like, Park Kent there as well or something. Mm -hmm. This, this movie no, is so just, close to almost no. having good scenes, but then being like, nope, just fumbled them. <laughs> yeah, 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 and then it yeah, cuts to, like, an explosion or you know, Batman... And breaking someone's neck or something. Now, we say that, but the irony being the first hour of this movie is really slow and really boring. Oh, God. It is. It is so boring. It's a slog. Like, you see more of Lois trying to investigate this weird, like, African terrorist attack than you do anything else. And I'm like, man, I sure do love this in my Batman versus Superman movie. <laughs> yeah, and then Lex Luthor shows up. Well, not really... Jesse Eisenberg shows up. A, a man called Lex Luthor shows up. Oh, his Lex Luthor was so tedious. Oh. Wow. Like, like, here's the thing. Like, even people who liked the movie agreed that Eisenberg sucked. He turns in such an awe-inspiringly jaw-dropping bad performance. You have to ask yourself, why did no one step in to stop him at any point? Oh, like, they, they've, they've... Since this movie's come out, there's been, like, a heap of interviews that have come out as well, and... The producer on this, I can't remember what his name is, but he said Eisenberg auditioned for a role, for a different role. For he didn't Jimmy want to Olsen. just... He was supposed role. to play no. Jimmy Olsen, I heard this. No, 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 no. He originally, Riddler and I think someone else was meant to be in this oh. film. I think he was meant to audition for Riddler and they just gave him... Because Brian Cranston was actually up for I Lex Luthor. Like, they approached him and everything. But I, I, I think he I, said I no or something. I read interview where supposedly, yeah, that they, they had talked to him. Like, they had actually been in conversations with him about it. So I think they're kind of panicking. Like, oh, fuck, Alex Luthor's gone. Just, oh, we'll just use Jesse Eisenberg. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He, and he, he just pl he played it like... Riddler. He yeah. played it like Jim Carrey's Riddler. Yeah, he, he's not a character. He is a collection of quirks and mannerisms is all he is. Yeah, and it's exactly how I said he would play. He'd play it as this, like, awkward kind of... I did, 
it's so he's so weird in like, this movie. Somewhat it's all over the place. Is the thing like he's, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's di- and like I don't mean that as an insult to anyone with autism, but he plays this like borderline autistic. Like I was trying to think to myself, the only time I saw a performance as equally cringeworthy is Electro from Amazing Spider-Man. It's one of those again. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's and so- and it, it really comes out in that scene that um that party scene where he oh, gives yeah. that speech. Oh yeah, like that. That's I have no idea what that scene was. What what were you going for, man? He's like, oh, you know, and and, and the gods, and you know, and, and and Apollo and Zeus and ever, all this other stuff, and then like he's getting angry as he's talking, and yeah. I'm like, what are you doing, man? This is, I'm this is cringeworthy, sir. I'm sorry. And, like, that's the other thing, too. Like, this movie, uh, like, wants to pontificate and be like, oh, no, you know, like, what does it mean to be a Superman? And, like, oh, we- we've read Nietzsche. Have you read Nietzsche? And I'm like, yeah, I've taken a high school philosophy class. This I'm ar- I already know this. Like, if you've taken a high school philosophy or English class, <laughs> then then you basically know what this movie's throwing out at you and everything. But, yeah, that, that Eisenberg performance, that's going to haunt him for a bit that performance oh yeah i think that is and yeah i think because of this they'll they'll do the whole thing was like oh no this wasn't actually lex it was you know because they, they say he's lex luther jr and everything and i right. think they'll do like oh no this wasn't the real lex His the real lex is away you know yeah yeah they'll, they'll do that try to do a little bit of damage control yeah just wow i mean like he was so bad i didn't even care he had hair for the whole movie because there was just so much more to hate and then when, when he when he when he didn't have his hair at the end in the jail and everything else god damn it that was hilarious when he's like yelling about dark side and he's ding 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 the bells being rung yeah, ding 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 the bell i'm like whoa oh my why did again it's like why did no one step in to stop him at any point as as i said in my review it's he's he's playing Michael Sarah with a bank account who yeah. watched a little bit too many Heath Ledger best of Joker reruns on YouTube. It's true. It's like it's it's an amazingly bad performance. Like it's almost Tommy Wiseau levels where you watch it and it's just like, what were you even? Th- are you an alien who's trying to approximate how people talk? <laughs> You're the alien. Superman isn't the alien. You're the alien. Yeah, really. Just wow. It's so. It, it's like because you know, obviously, Comic Luther is always supposed to be like you know way he's the pinnacle of humanity he's rich he's fit he's got all this other stuff going on but he's like has no heart and everything this guy's like yeah you're, you're a weird alien man yeah and um i said in my review like there, there's that scene where that random government guy comes to him and says like oh what can we give you and he and he says oh i want the kryptonian ship and zod's body and they just give it to him they just give him that it, but they like, won't let him import his kryptonite for some reason yeah but like comic luther wouldn't do that like they they deny him and everything and then he'd like they just do it and anyway. same with like the senator when he when when he was like trying to threaten the senator he'd either do it or he'd find information about these people like incriminating information yeah, and he, hold he that would over their head them into it yeah 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 and he'd be really intimidating whereas this guy's like just given everything because rich and it's like on paper i see what they were going for and on paper i think it could work where it's like okay we're gonna do lex luthor for 2016 he's not silk suit you know gordon gecko wall street anymore he's founder of facebook silicon valley evil now and i i think an older luthor would have worked better you know someone with a bit more world weary and everything Mm -hmm. where there's this new young superman guy coming in yeah and trying to take his steal his thunder basically 
and his and his motivation was all over the goddamn place. From, uh, it changed from scene to scene. Like first, oh, I hate you, Superman. Then oh, I hate my father. Oh, I hate God. And then yeah. it's like oh, I hate you, but like also I'm setting the stage for Dark Side maybe because I learned about Dark Side and everything off screen when I was in the Kryptonian arc. Oh yeah, I got into the Kryptonian archives when you weren't looking. <laughs> Well, it's funny you mentioned that because like they've just released a I deleted scene, a much bigger deleted scene. Where I'm like, okay, see, that should have been in the movie because that actually made the shit that happened at that, the end make sense. You know, that actually should have been like a after credit scene. It should have been. Oh my god, yes, it should have been. But no, they 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 cut that from the film, which is weird because the movie already feels padded. Like they took a bunch of deleted scenes and put it back in the movie. It's like no no no, that one was actually important to the story, and you took it out. Oh oh god, the editing in this film is just like oh we're at we're with Superman at Congress, and now we're in the nightmare Batman scene, and then yeah, I, I'm not Flash a, arrives, and I, I'm not a good editor. I will say that, but even I know establishing shots, motherfucker. It's like My Zack God, Snyder forgot to do establishing shots. I I, th- I think he did like they were editing, and it's like, hey Zach, do you have an establishing shot for this? And he's like, oh shit, yeah. No, I forgot something. Knew I forgot something in this. Damn. But hey, what about that scene where Batman is shirtless doing pull-ups and hitting a tire with a sledgehammer? Oh, where where he's doing the Rocky montage to train for fight suits. <laughs> Again, wow! Did we really think we needed that in our Batman movie? That that has to be something Zack Snyder put in. It was like, no man, we need. Oh, to of sh- course. We, we need to show. He's that a he's, gym bro. Exactly. We he's need to show that bro. he's super jacked, bro. We need for Batman to beat Superman. We gotta see what his gains is like, bro. We gotta and, see that his CrossFit is on point. And I bet like they were all Zack's personal weights and everything. And <laughs> that's Zack's workout. He moves the tire. He hits it with a sledgehammer. Hey, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I read an article that were talking about his new his like offices in Burbank, mm-hmm. and he says like the middle of of his office is a gym. Yeah, like the, like in the middle of the office is like weights and shit, and and uh, that does not surprise this me. Is, this is the DC universe as seen through the eyes of a macho meathead who's also kind yep. of a closet nerd because it's like you watch stuff like his that he's done before, like Sucker Punch, and that's like him trying to deal with his inner nerdiness. Was like, oh, only in my dreams, man. Only in my dreams are there dragons and samurais and shit. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what that movie you think that movie's about sweet pea but it's really about Zack snyder yeah yeah <laughs> that's what it's in my dreams i'm a beautiful anime schoolgirl with a katana <laughs> only in, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why i'm giving Zack snyder a boston accent he doesn't sound like that it at sounds, all. it sounds good it sounds it sounds better than what his voice sounds like because that, that, that's the thing too like he doesn't look like a macho gym bro when you look at him Zack snyder but when you look at his work closely <laughs> well, it depends when you look at him because he, he at the moment he looks really haggard. Totally. Well, I mean, how that's I mean, helmet of a film franchise like this that'll do it to you. Uh, I'm amazed too because I remember early on they said for Batman v Superman that Snyder was like working close with Frank Miller or like Frank Miller was on set and stuff. Yeah. And and here's and here's the thing I have that on good authority that that's true actually I can't I can't give away my source but I I actually know that that is true. And I wonder what Frank had to think of this, because obviously Snyder has a gigantic boner for Batman Returns, and yet he oh, also God. completely and utterly misses the point of Batman Returns, or Dark Knight Returns at the same time. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I like a bunch of people were like, yeah, you know, this Batman shoots people indiscriminately. Hey, Zach, do you remember that bit from the end of the comic where Batman holds up the gun and says, you know, this is the weapon of a coward, we will not use them? Yeah, he's like, no, I don't remember that, man. He'd be like, yeah, that shit was gay, though. <laughs> there wasn't any explosion, so I didn't read it. So I didn't re Again, Snyder doesn't read the words, he just looks at the pictures. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, here's the thing, too. Like, I went into this knowing, like, okay, this isn't my Batman, this isn't my Superman, this isn't what I've been reading in comics for the last, you know, for my whole life, basically. I, I will try and judge this solely on its own merit as, like, a weird Elseworlds. This, I'll judge it as an Elseworlds where Superman kills, you know, as I'll, I'll do it from there. That was the moment that changed it off. This is what made it go off in its own direction. And even then, it doesn't hold together as a good movie. No, it doesn't. It's boring, it's in, you know, it's incoherent, it's incomprehensible. I love, too, that we haven't even talked about this yet, that in a movie where they felt they needed to redo and reshoot the death of the Waynes and everything, they drop Wonder Woman in the fight in the last 15 minutes and don't bother to explain her powers to anybody. No, no. I, that Wonder Woman stuff, like, leading, like, the stuff at the party, like, I think even Red Letter Media said this, if you just had the stuff at the party... And just no no actual Wonder Woman showing up to fight. Mm -hmm. That would have been good. A nice little tease. You know, this is Diana Prince. You know, she's Wonder Woman. But we're not going to show her in this movie. It's going to be in the next one. Heck, they don't even That would have been her... a cool tease. Yeah, heck, they don't even call her by name until she's trying to get off the Turkish Airways plane. Fly Turkish Airways today. <laughs> I love that whole scene. I like, like, there's something going on in Metropolis. And she, you know, stops to view the Justice League trailer teaser yep. press kit. That yep. she got sent by Bruce Wayne. Via and... instant messenger, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey girl, I, I got your aim address. Uh. <laughs> you, you so fine, Wonder Woman, smiley face. There was another thing, because like, all this stuff was happening, and the movie just stops to show you these trailers. Yes, exactly. You Literally, Wonder Woman sits down, and she watches trailers for Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and none of them look like Flash, Aquaman, or Cyborg. No. And, and Lex Luthor has designed their logos. Has designed their logos and assumedly given them their names, too. Yeah, so... Which, fuck the me, hell? that's lazy writing. It is, it is. That whole scene is lazy. That's like, again, to bring it back to Amazing Spider-Man 2 for a second, remember how mad we were when it seemed like all the villains were going to come from Oscorp? Yeah. Now, now all the heroes have come from Lex Luthor. Yeah, LexCorp. LexCorp. Well, because here's the thing, because he's such an evil businessman, he's going to own the trademarks to all their names and all their logos, and that's how he's going to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> they stop him, and he sells the merchandise. Oh, God. While we're on the subject of those, Flash had a man bun. Barry Allen had a shitty I know, he, man had, he, was bun. Like, he, he was like black dreadlocks or something. And a shitty man bun. Because when I think The Flash, when I think Barry Allen, I think shitty man bun. I know, and, and if he was like a hero saving people, where was he in like, when, in Man of Steel? Where were any of these people? Because we didn't know we'd get that far, that's how. <laughs> yeah, then like Aquaman's like hanging out trying to push his hair away from his face because it keeps going in his eyes. In a sunken pirate ship. Which, oh, again about that Aquaman. Bomoa, who is clearly holding his breath underwater, which is a great look <laughs> when you're trying to look intimidating. For someone who breathes underwater, yeah, he's like holding his breath. And that whole scene was weird because he's like, comes out and he's like, ah, fucking surface dwellers. Yeah, he's basically like the underwater version of that. Right? Get off of my lawn. Get away from my sunken pirate ship. <laughs> Get away. 
And then, and then the Cyborg one. Cyborg one was actually pretty cool, that but then they, they, they're like, all right, here's the spark from Transformers. and <laughs> We mean the mother box, but it's totally just the all spark from Transformers. It looks, it looks nothing like a mother box. It's just like a cube that like moves. Jack, Jack Kirby is turning over in his grave right now. If he, I'm glad he's I not alive he's... to see that. I know. And, and in that deleted scene we were talking about earlier, they, they tease more of that as well. More mother and boxes, which, of course, is another question. We're like, well, how the fuck did mother boxes get on Earth? Oh, that's how. Yeah, yeah, well, we, we, don't, we don't know. I guess a movie's probably going to try and explain it. So or you try mean, to. So Zod and the Kryptonians who came to Earth had mother boxes. Which, <laughs> which means they've been in contact somehow with the new gods. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's weird. You would think if they had mother boxes, they would have used them at some point during the fight with Superman. Nah, nah. They, they would, didn't need to use, like, a weapon of uncontrollable might, you know? Yeah, really. You know, the power to travel and do boom tubes and everything. Who would want to do that? Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, then argues, does that mean did the Kryptonians have the mother boxes and not know how to use them? And if so, if they didn't know how to use them, how did frickin' Dr. Silas Stone know how to use them? <laughs> reasons <laughs> also that's the moment too where it's like hey kids here's cyborg isn't he fun oh he's a bloody torso ah yeah oh he's a bloody screaming torso <laughs> isn't he fun kids no you remember him on teen titans go yeah really and, and teen titans yeah <laughs> fuck god I, th there was only like two kids in my theater i'm sure they left very disappointed oh the first time i saw this out me it was like me and one other guy really in the theater. it was only two yeah, two of us, and this was like on a, on like a day where what day what day did I say? I think I saw it Friday, and it was like one of the later sessions. So there were people around and everything, but no one was going to go see it. Wow. Uh, I mean, I guess we should talk about the actual fight proper because I mean that's that's the whole reason for the movie, right? That's why it's you, called. You, you mean the the five minute fight? After all the build up, they fight for about five minutes, and it's even more disheartening. Because you think, okay, well, here it comes. Here's what you paid your money for. Batman and Superman at the height of their powers going head to head. Oh, no, wait. They're not at their height of their powers because Batman basically makes Superman human and wails on him for the five minutes. So it's a totally one-sided fight. The, the, but the thing before that fight, like, there were, I can't remember what the scene was, but it was some scene not to do with Batman or Superman. I think it might have been a, a, a lower scene. And then it just, like, cuts to, like, dark Batman in his armor waiting for Superman with the floodlight thing and and then Superman goes and sees Lex Luthor who's kidnapped Lois and his mother cuz he knows who Clark Kent is in this movie by the way it's not not and he's never never found out how he knows he well, just knows well, it's weird too because it's like he's like haha Clark I figured out who you were I mean, I guess did, did did he have were there kryptonian records of them or something and then because, like, when he shows up to fight Batman, Batman also calls him Clark. And I'm like, D did I miss a scene? Yeah, that's the thing. They, they must have cut a scene. And also, like, that's something you shouldn't gloss over, like no. Lex Luthor finding out who Superman is. Because in the comics, when it's been done, especially I'm going to reference Black Ring when it happened in that. Lex Luthor, who's become a god, finds out who Superman is and he's like wait, you're just this guy who works at this mm -hmm. paper? Like, what the fuck? I'm, I, I'm sure there will be no end of people in the comments explaining, no, it happened here, here, and here. So, okay, we'll, we'll just have to wait for that then. But I'm 90% I'm sure they did not tell us how any no. of that happened. 
they didn't. He just like says he he finds out like who Clark is and everything. That he just ah, your name is Clark Joseph Kent. Ah, yeah, ah, oh. Clark Joe. Ah. <laughs> Don't you mean Clark? <laughs> because you know he's he's just a lot of ticks is all he is. Yeah, and then yeah, he kidnaps Martha. What Martha Kent. And Superman should be able to just find her by her heartbeat because in the comics he's able to discern people like Jimmy, Lois, his parents' heartbeats from other people's I mean, heartbeats. Yeah, because he can find Lois no problem at all when she's in trouble, but he can't find his mom when she's in trouble, really? Yeah, yeah. He found her when she was in trouble in Africa. He found her when she got thrown off a building and he was there. Yeah. Oh, but he can't, but a but literally a scene later he cannot find his mother when she is in trouble. Also, just before he goes off to fight Batman, he says something like, "No one in this world stays good." I'm like, "Oh fuck you!" Yeah, that okay. You fuck know, you. That was your fuck you line. You know what my fuck you line was? And I literally said it like almost said it out loud in the theater when he's arguing with Perry White about the story he wants to write about Batman, and obviously Perry White, oh my keep, God. Perry White keeps shutting down this story, and it's like, yeah, well, maybe he doesn't want to write the story, because it's not your city, asshole, that's taking place in Gotham, not Metropolis, <laughs> and I know your sister cities, but that's still not your city. But it's the line right after, where he says, damn it, Kent, it's not 1938 anymore, yep. and like, oh, 1938, the first action, go fuck yourself for shitting on the legacy, you piece of shit. Yeah, I hated... Perry White in this story because like all he was interested in was like clickbaity headlines for his papers. That was all his like lo- scenes were like coming up with fucking stupid headlines, and that's not Perry White. <laughs> yeah, I that's know, not right? Perry White, the guy in the comics who always cared about the truth over all else and journalistic integrity and everything, has become has become a shyster, has become gawker. Yeah, and and why do they call Batman Bat Vigilante if he's been around for twenty years? Twenty and years. He has, he's, he's still and he just, has the bat light, and he's still just the bat of Gotham, even though he's been around twenty years. Yeah, god damn it. He's been around for twenty years, so much to the point that he maybe have lost a Robin, maybe, or maybe that was just a, a, a hallucination. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because here's the thing: like he sees the suit, then it's a blink and you miss it, and then the suit is gone. And I'm like, wait, was that was that was that real or what? Or were they just teasing? Just, just a continuity error, or or, or what? Yeah, I'm like, because you thought there would be a, th- and I kept waiting for the moment in the movie when it's like, okay, well, Alfred is going to sit him down and say, you know, Ma- Master Bruce, you're really scaring me with how with how hardcore you've been you've been hitting it raw, Master Bruce, out there in these streets. But that never happens, which leads me to believe Batman has always been this fucked up and psychotic. Yeah, well, that that was like another thing. Like I, I was saying, like Alfred is meant to be Batman's moral compass, more or less, and like a father figure uh-huh. to him, and and he's always been there to sort of. And I think the the Alfred in the Nolan movies was the best one. Yeah, it's it's because he be was hard. like that father figure telling him, "Are oh, you fucking don't kill people." Master Bruce, you'll fuck Master up Bruce. everything. Yeah, it's hard. It's going to be hard to beat Michael Caine. It's going to be hard to beat him. He's definitely the Alfred of this generation, I would say. Yeah. Now, also, this this Batman drinks as well. Yeah, okay, that's another He's thing. He's on I'm, the booze. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, obviously, whenever we see Batman in anything else, he only ever drinks and socializes in an attempt to, like, cover up for the fact he's Batman. This older Batman drinks and screws because he seems to want to, which would be interesting if they ever chased that down the rabbit hole and been like, okay, well, is, is he living now because he doesn't feel guilty anymore over his parents' death? Has he gotten past that in the 20 years? Or is he just feeling really self-destructive because 
he lost a Robin or something. They, there's a lot of interesting ideas that these that this movie refuses to you know like actually chase. Yeah, I, I expect in like the next one we're gonna like find him like in Justice League and he's like looking for them, but like stay awake. He's like snorting coke and everything, and <laughs> yeah, really. you know, he's, he's gone that he's gone that little bit further. First he was drinking, now he's snorting coke and yeah, really doing PCP and everything. And <laughs> you can't fight me. I'm full of bat PCP. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, Alfred, go into my utility belt and pull out the special extra strength PCP. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. He punches. So, anyway, they fight. To death. They do fight, and it ends on the worst anticlimax ever because you're thinking, oh, like, oh, it's like you, you think, okay, what did get them to stop fighting? You know, it's like, oh, I respect you as a man and a hero. I see things from your point of view now. Or where it's like, ah, you know, you, know, you do things differently, Batman, but I can see you care for the good of the city. No. No, they stop because their mothers are the same name. Because their moms had the same name. And I know you're probably out there thinking, no, well, that makes sense. Batman has, you know, a lot of uh, parent issues and everything. Can understand why that made him stop. Think really hard on this one, like I thought really hard on it. Batman was ready to kill another human being, was ready to kill Superman dead with a kryptonite spear until he found out their moms had the same name. Yeah, and that was something you could probably find out from, like, a simple Google search, you know, being the world's greatest detective, detective and everything. like he is, because he clearly knew his name before the fight started. And then, oh, fuck, his name's, his mum's named Martha, I'm not going to fight him now. Although it's even funnier, because Superman doesn't say, oh yeah, that's my mom, he goes, Martha, Martha, because he's getting crushed by Batman's bat boot. It's Lois who has to run and go, it's his mom, it's his mom's You're name. Fucking Lois again, teleporting in. Just teleporting and... wherever the plot needs her. And what's her big moment of the movie? She needs to get back the kryptonite spear that she just threw away, even though she has no way of knowing they need the kryptonite spear for the fight. She just somehow knows that she needs to get it. Yeah. Also, before that, when Superman turns up to fight Batman, he doesn't turn up to fight Batman. He turns up to try and tell Batman that Lex Luthor is behind all this and he has my mother. But he tries once and then Batman, like, shoots at him and then he's like, ah, oh, fuck this, I'm just going to kill him. Yeah, it was doesn't, like, doesn't, like, stop her. And there was another point where he could have done that where he was studying to get his powers back when Superman was, like, wailing on him and then it just, like, stopped working mm. and his jaw just kept, like, getting harder and harder. And he could have stopped there and, like, look, Bruce, he has my mother. We've got to go save her. Her name's mm. Martha. I know you'll like that. Because, <laughs> I know you'll you like know, that because you have a weird plot. Martha boner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and then yeah doomsday comes in oh and... how how tacked on did doomsday feel because once the superman batman fight is over the movie is over at that point every every issue has been solved you got what you paid for the movie is over but no we need to have another big 20 minute long fight scene with doomsday which like with no break in between the, the question batman like fight. why why was why did Lex Luthor want to pit them against each other if he was just going to create Doomsday to kill I know, Superman. I know, I thought the same like, Why not just create Doomsday to kill Superman and Batman? Yeah, why didn't you open with Doomsday is the thing where it's like, ha ha ha, my plot to have you kill each other will succeed. And then it's like, oh, but I still had Doomsday waiting anyway. What, what were you going to do if they both killed each other and you just had Doomsday sitting there? What, what, yeah, he couldn't control it. <laughs> no, what, what was your plan, dude? Like, literally, do you not think ahead? And it's just like, oh, well, he's crazy. Well, clearly not, because all of this shit takes a lot of time and planning and 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 mind you while doomsday hasn't had a lot of like characterization in the comics like oh as zach dider says like we've got to explore the lore of doomsday mm, what lore <laughs> <laughs> if he's talking about that time doomsday and brainiac combined 
to each other, then you can go fuck off. Yeah. Do- um, Doomsday yeah, is a plot no... device because the writers didn't know what else to do with Superman, so they killed him. Which, to be fair, yeah. maybe that is honest to the lore because Superman fucking dies in this movie at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah. They have hit the second point. movie in, you yeah. know. In only two movies, they hit the point it took Superman writers years to hit, and that is, what do we do? I don't know. Let's just kill him. Yeah, I made a mention of that. Like they they did the whole death of Superman because their comics weren't selling very well. They were out of ideas, so they did this as like a big push to sell comics, and it worked in there. But here, no, no. It's, it's like. Again, it's like, you know, I want to marry my favorite images. I want to marry Dark Knight Returns with Death of Superman. How do I make it work? Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, he just wanted scenes that had Superman dead and, like, Christ-like. Because Imagery. In, in, that, in, that, in that scene, I, and I, I swear I had to, like, see it again. As he, he's being pulled down off that rock by Batman and Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And in the background, there's, like, on-fire crosses and of everything. Course. And, and I'm like, oh fuck. And you. also in in the Wayne family like uh, mausoleum which is on like the Wayne family property now, there's a big stained glass window of an angel wearing a red cape and I'm like, "Do you get it? Do you get the symbolism?" <laughs> no, Zack Snyder, I don't get it. How about you hit it a little harder into my head? <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> like, I, I love that in the lead-up to this movie, they're like, oh, well, you know, we're playing with a lot, you know, bigger, more interesting ideas. We're not sure your average superhero movie goer will get it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't know how I could not get it with the hot drill you're drilling into my brain. Yeah. Also, like, another thing, they play fast and loose with, like, Kryptonite's effect on Superman. Do like they one, ever? For one, like, like when, they, when he's fighting Bruce, he gets the gas the kryptonite gas in the face and it like takes away all his powers and turns him basically into a bitch turns him which is something kryptonite doesn't actually do makes him um, sick but yeah yeah and doesn't take away his powers either um but then and that wasn't that was like apparently diluted kryptonite whereas the spear is true kryptonite pure but with uncut. the spear he's able to pick it up and fly with it yeah i'm like that you shouldn't be able to do that superman that should literally that should literally be killing you just which just a moment ago it was killing him and lois had to yeah. throw the spear away but then superman flew and picked it up and flew it into doomsday <laughs> that that scene was fucking hilarious like lois goes in after the spear after throwing it away in the water she almost drowns so then superman goes after her saves her and then goes after spear and he drowns yeah. and he just like floats to the top as this lifeless yep. corpse it was fucking hilarious I, I will say uh the most i laugh the biggest unintentional laugh is during the batman superman fight when batman literally hits superman with a sink <laughs> i know why he's like why? i have thrown everything at you and this bathroom sink yeah, everything in the kitchen sink. You, you get it? It's a visual gag. Oh, God. Now, I will say, in my theater, the biggest pop that the audience, like, the biggest bit of audience reaction was when Wonder Woman showed up and joined the fight. And that's fair, because unlike Batman and Superman, this is something completely new that people have never seen before. Yeah, yeah. She just turns up and starts wailing on Doomsday. Yeah, and Gal Gadot does okay. I, we don't really get to see enough of her. She's in it for, like, maybe, what, 12 minutes altogether? Maybe, if that. She's in maybe 12 minutes of the movie, and most of the time it's as Diana Prince, not Wonder Woman. But, I mean, she seems to be okay. She's She's got a sexy foreign accent, which I'm okay with her. Her big motivation is she needs to get back a piece of Wonder Woman movie promotional art that, <laughs> that Lex Luthor stole. <laughs> she's like, it's hey. true. It's, it, 
He's true. Hey, give that back. Give, that's yeah, he stole point. the one sheet. <laughs> yeah, he stole the one. Give it back. Give it back. That movie's not supposed to be out yet. Give that back. <laughs> which, hey, at least she had a motivation, and at least she had a thing she was working for, which is more than you can say about Superman. This is supposed to be his sequel to Man of Steel. They cut his balls off the whole movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. They really do. And like, it's funny because, like, Snyder came out before and said, like, oh, I'm, I'm not playing favorites with, like, Batman and Superman. You know, they each have equal screen time and everything. Like, yeah, it. my ass, you do. <laughs> this, th- that being said, like, this this is the movie that Snyder always wanted, and I, I can't fault that because this is clearly his vision brought to life. A movie where Batman is wicked awesome, bro, and Superman doesn't matter, bro, yeah. and Wonder Woman's hot as shit, bro. And yeah, I, I can just together. tell the guy hates Superman. Oh, God, this is, like, literally, yeah. This is this whole movie is dogpiling on Superman and not letting him get a word in edgewise and the final insult killing him at the end. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, Doomsday, like, I I, I, I could I just see, like, they'll come and, okay, we're going to put Doomsday in it. It's like, what powers does he have? Well, he's super strong. And he Okay, well, what other powers does he have? That's oh, it. that's all. Spikes. Oh, well, let's give him heat vision and Shazam's powers. Yeah, because why not? Yeah, and yeah, he, he like destroys like a big part of the city with his like Shazam lightning Yeah, he does thing. like a weird like solar flare explosion whenever he wants. Yeah. Also, they made like a really big deal about saying, "Oh, all these places are abandoned." They did. The one they lesson they learned. Abandoned. The, the one lesson they learned from Man of Steel is to say these places are abandoned. They basically look right at the camera and say, "Yes, these places are abandoned. It's fine." Yep. Yep. <laughs> they learn no other lessons, but they learn that. Yeah, and and then. And then Superman dies in space because of nuclear fallout. and Which, yet yeah. again, right from Dark Knight Returns. It's At that point, I'm like, I get it. You like Dark Knight Returns. You don't have to put every panel in it. <laughs> no, but you don't understand. He had to put every panel, but only every panel he saw. Only every panel Just, he liked. All like, like Superman getting the shit beat out of him and Batman shooting people, and that's all. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, wow, just so friggin' weird. Uh, what else did I want to say? There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to unpack in this. I imagine we'll be unpacking this for a bit. Yeah, um, oh, Batman's going to be setting up the Justice League, which oh. goes against everything that has come up, up against Batman and the Justice yes, League. Yes, Batman you know? being the eternal loner, being the, no, I'm never an official member of the Justice team, I, wanna, I don't want to join your super club. Him and Wonder Woman are now are going to be starting it in the memory of Superman. Yeah, yeah, Snyder said, like, Superman can't start the Justice League because he's Superman. What? <laughs> It's even better. What? Okay, okay, see, thank you, Matt. You put me back on track where I want to be. We get the funeral of Clark Kent Superman, and they don't even try and hide the fact that they're the same person. They bury Clark Kent in Kansas with a big Superman crest on his uh, coffin. Oh, no, I think that coffin was in the Metropolis one. Was it? See, I couldn't tell because it, it looked like he was getting a 21-gun military salute in Kansas. But like I said, the editing is kind of shit in this movie, so I couldn't Yeah, tell. it is. It is. It's kind of shit. And then they, then they, then they hint that he's coming back. And like, of course, of course, of course you, you, you kind of spoiled that when you said Henry Cavill was coming back for Donna, uh, for Justice League Part One. And, so. and, and because we get to hit the Christ allegory even more, so I bet he'll come back in a black costume now because that red and blue costume is hell. Yeah, is hella gay, and, bro. And, 
and Justice League will take place three days after his death. Yeah, he will rise on the third day because Christ allegories, everybody. Do you get it yet? And this, this movie was released on Good Friday. It was. It was Easter. Wow. What are the odds of that? You get it, man? Do you get it? I didn't get it until you said it, but now I get it. <laughs> I okay, but the the other scene now that we're in the funeral bit, and this was another one with Bruce Wayne sitting there. It's like, oh, I respect him. He was my friend. You had two conversations when you were out of costume, and in one of them, you were dick measuring. But remember, they he saved his mom and said he was a friend of his son's, and she knew because of the cape. And how, how, yeah, this movie is two hours and thirty minutes, and not once did they ever try to make Batman and Superman friends. No, they did. The whole time, they fucking hated each other. He's my friend, and he's dead, so we can't debate that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But we're friends, though, guys. But we're friends, though. <laughs> and then there was the Lex Luthor scene that, oh, <laughs> that was basically, join us next week for Justice League Part 1. Yeah, yeah, that was that was totally what it is. And he's like, hey, I know about Darkseid now, which I'm glad I saw that deleted scene before I went to go see the movie because I'm like, okay, I guess that makes a little bit more sense now. Yeah, like, why wasn't that deleted scene in the movie? Why was it... Oh, it was deleted because it made too much sense. Yeah, I'm like, that was important. That was actually... If if they cut an important scene like that, I have to wonder what else is on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Probably everything important. Well, okay, here, here's the biggest one. We have Scenes with Batman and Superman shaking hands and being friends. Yeah, and... really. <laughs> Saving cats. Aren't you? Okay, there's, there's two more big things we gotta hit. So remember in Age of Ultron, that scene with Thor and the Magic Pawn where we all agreed that was the worst scene because it distracted from everything else and it was only there to set up future sequels? Yes. Imagine if there was multiple of those throughout the movie. Oh, so like every other scene with Batman? That's what happens in Batman v Superman. That whole nightmare with a K, get it, where he sees like some horrible road warrior-esque world filled with parademons and like a dark side imagery ruled over by evil Superman. That's all a dream. And we all knew it was a dream and it's a big lavish scene that goes on for like five minutes. And I'm like, don't care. None of this is real. Yeah. And then, then fucking flash dressed as Raiden from metal gear solid turns up. Cause we need some flashpoint paradox in here. Apparently too. This movie wasn't jam packed enough. Let's get some future traveling flashpoint paradox in there. Oh. Also, the Speed Force now works in dreams now. He can, like, Speed Force into dreams yeah, now. Uh, yeah, apparently uh, Flash is a dream warrior. Apparently he has all the powers of Inception, and he can put dreams inside your head and warnings of the future. Here's my theory. So we, so we know that Batman v Superman was supposed to open, like, against Ant-Man. It was supposed to come out, like, three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Here's my thing. When they went back for reshoots to do more, it was all the dream scenes. So, like, no, 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 guys. The DC multiverse is a go now. You need to put more references and more things. I don't care if it doesn't make sense. You need to put it in there. Yeah, it definitely feels that way, Like especially where they were put throughout the film. Yeah, they those are total reshoots, and I, I would bet dollars to donuts those were reshoots. I, I also don't doubt that at some point in this movie, it was just supposed to be Batman v Superman. Then they added the oh, Dawn of Justice definitely. part, and they're like, okay, well, now Wonder Woman's got to be in it, and they also have to fight Doomsday at the end, is what they have definitely. to do. Definitely. Because it's like... When that battle comes to an end, it's like, okay, it's over. But then they tack on a Doomsday fight for the next 20 minutes. Yeah, and I bet the Doomsday was maybe meant to be teased here. Like, you know that scene where uh, Lex Luthor goes and takes Zod's uh, Kendall body into the uh, 
Kryptonian goo and turns him into. I think that was meant to be sort of like the last scene we see of that. Right, like that was like supposed it, to be a wrapping scene. him in the chrysalis thing, and then in Justice League he gets born. Which, which I love. I think that was meant to have been. I, I love too that a Kryptonian ship working at thirty four percent power can just do that. Can just create a doomsday monster whenever you want. Yeah, and uh, in, as I said before, as though Doomsday doesn't have a lot of lore or anything, like you... making him like the body of Zod and Lex Luthor's blood is fucking stupid. It is, and like Doomsday wasn't great before is the thing. Like we're not going to sit here and say Doomsday is some sort of timeless character. He was a writing device created by a bunch yeah. of angry Superman writers who didn't want to write Superman anymore. <laughs> yeah, and and the thing with Doomsday is that like he went toe to toe with the whole Justice League and killed them all or yes. like defeated them all. And like he was just defeated by Superman and like Wonder Woman rapping and in her lasso, and her, her lightsaber lasso, <laughs> and, and Batman standing there giving the thumbs up. Batman and... basically being the Hawkeye of that fight, being like, "I helped too. Yeah. I, I helped too." Yeah, everybody, he, he did nothing. He did nothing for, for for the fact that Batman is probably one of the only you know bright spots of the movie, gun-toting psychopathy aside. Like he sits on his hand for ninety percent of the Doomsday fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. He's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. No. What do I do? What do I do? I I I wouldn't know. Can I brand him? Can I shoot him with my gun? No. Well, I don't <laughs> he tries, know. He tries to attack him with his brand. <laughs> I'm a hot brand. Ah, brand of justice. <laughs> who, who who even thinks that? Like, you know what Batman needs to do? He needs to torture people. Is the thing he needs to brand people. Yeah, yeah. As if like, like Batman wasn't the building cool. isn't like edgy enough. Yeah, like Batman. Yeah, exactly. Like dangling off a roof. Like Batman wasn't intimidating enough as is. He needs to literally sear his sigil into your into your body. Yeah. You, God you, damn it. You know, Michael Keaton was just scary enough. Going, I'm not going to kill you. I'm Batman. Which, which yeah. I, which which yeah. does Affleck have a scene? Like, I don't think he has a I'm Batman scene in this movie, does he? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. So, uh... And, like, when, when he does. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, I mean, I guess we've been talking for over an hour and 30 now. I think we've gotten a lot said. Uh, a any parting thoughts, any final words on the movie as we move forward? Maybe just wait for the movie to come out and DVD. Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people have been really mad at critics. Like, oh, critics don't know what they're talking about. There's a there's an anti-DC conspiracy out there. No, there isn't, everybody. Also, when you say critics aren't real fans, that's kind of, you know, an oxymoron because most critics are fans. Most critics are people our age these days and got into yeah. this business because they are fans of stuff. Don't chuck all of criticism because people don't like the movie you like. If you like it, that's fine. And again, same thing. We're not saying you're wrong for liking the movie or whatever. Matt and I are just saying we didn't like it is the thing. Yeah. It w was not for us. Now, moving forward uh, is the thing. Obviously, obviously, critical response didn't hurt this movie. It made a lot of money. It's the seventh biggest opening for a Warner Brothers movie right behind all those Harry Potters. <laughs> I, I know, it's kind of funny to think the boy wizard beats icons like Batman and Superman, but in this case, they did. And But here's the thing, too. Even though it made a bunch of money, it also had the sharpest drop-off of any uh, superhero movie to date. Yeah, and I think it will continue to next weekend as well. I think there'll be an even bigger drop-off. 
I mean, it already made its money, and obviously the wheels are already in motion for the DC Cinematic Universe, so, I mean, shit's gonna happen regardless. The only thing now is in the future if they course correct. And I noticed, even for people who liked the movie and for people who were apologists for the movie, there, there was kind of a hashtag going on there for a bit. Did you see, like, get rid of Snyder or something? I think that's what they need to do, because either get rid of him or just, like, make him step aside and become, like... Like the visual guy, yes. while well, someone like maybe George Miller directs or something. Yeah, because credit where credit is due, this is a beautiful looking movie if you watched with the volume off. But the thing is, movies <laughs> are not just visual mediums. They are sights and sounds and characters and writing and everything, which this movie lacks. It has some kick-ass images, like that Batman fight scene at the end when he beats those guys up. That's Arkham City brought to life is what that is. Yeah, I, I said that was, like, one of the highlights of the movie. It is. That, that thug fight. It's it's sad they spoil most of it in the trailer, but... Yeah. When Batman gets in there and starts wrecking dudes, that's the way Batman has always been in my mind when I read the comics, you know? That's definitely a certain brand of Batman of just, like, punch, punch, kick, gadget, punch, punch, kick, gadget. It's a shame he shot a bunch of dudes when he came in, but still, I'll forgive him because it was a cool fight. <laughs> and I mean, really, is gun-toting Batman any weirder than neck-breaking Superman or man-bun Flash? Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I think those things fit perfectly together in the same universe. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Like, watching this movie, I already came in thinking it. Now I'm certain it's like, okay, this is not the comic universe. This is not the animated universe. This is its own weird side universe. yeah. And yeah, I would not be surprised if for the failings and shortcomings of this movie, if they do, like, offer up Snyder on, a, on like, a platter and, like, he becomes the whipping boy for all of this. Oh, yeah, well, like, he's already blaming the studio for the cuts and everything. Yep, yep, he, he already was. So, so I think he's probably in a bit of trouble there. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure all the shortcomings, they're like, you know, the, we wanted Avengers money off this. You promised us Avengers money, Zach, and it didn't make it. No. And here's the problem. If you can't make Avengers money to a studio when you have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman all in one movie, the studio and the bigwigs and the suits and the money men, they're going to get really frightened because it's like, well, how are we going to expect people to go see Aquaman in droves or go see Wonder Woman in droves? This is all your fault, Zach. Why did you ruin this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no one else they can really blame besides him. Mm -hmm. uh, he was given these characters, and these characters aren't exactly you know unknowns like... Iron Man or and Ant Captain Man. America were, yeah, that flavor of the week, you know. Oh, you read that article too, where it's like, oh, this movie is better because it deals with iconic heroes, not flavor of the week heroes. Well, here's the thing about <laughs> iconic man: everyone has seen Batman, everyone has seen Superman. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Ant Man is fresh and new. Wonder Woman ended up being one of the best things about this movie because she's fresh and new, and because people haven't seen her before. Yeah, <laughs> and because they really have nothing to compare her to that's not like the old Linda Carter show or something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes having nothing to compare yourself to actually works out in the long run. It does. It really does. And I mean, I think that's the thing. And in my own review, and I, tr I tried very hard not to compare these to other characters and other iterations and other movies, because that's just a losing battle is what that is. <laughs> There's just no point in doing it. Also, it's really weird. And like, I d don't doubt that this might happen. What if Suicide Squad comes out, gets great critical response, and makes way more money than this? Oh, God. That would be kind of embarrassing. It would be. Where it's like a bunch of unknown, somewhat D-list villains did better than the Trinity. Yeah, it would be 
quite embarrassing. And, and like, I wouldn't imagine if they go, well, hey, David Ayer, yeah, what you doing? Which, oh my god, yes, please, can Ayer run this shit? Because I think he actually would make mature adult I think he would. book movies. Yeah, here's yeah while thing. treating the source material as, like, yeah, Ex- really well. And here's the thing, too. Like, you know, Zack Snyder doing this, I don't doubt that Zack Snyder is a fan, but I think his fanness actually worked against him here. Because he didn't do things that everyone wanted to see. He just did stuff he wanted to see. Yeah, which was just like Batman hitting and killing people while and, Superman sort of does the same thing. Uh-huh. And I dare say it, and again, like this is me looking inward on myself too. If you gave me the power and the clout to make a superhero movie, I am too much of a fan. And I would probably ruin it in the same way by only making stuff I wanted to see. And I'd be like, okay, so Bane is the main character, is what it is. <laughs> and, then, and then we set up Secret Six at the end, and we make all these references here, and go, Joel, you're the only one who's going to like this movie. Damn right I am. <laughs> <laughs> and Joel gives it a 10 out of 10, because it's everything I've always wanted. <laughs> and I, I think that's the problem here, and I think that's the thing. Get... I think this is an important lesson moving forward. Get people who like the subject matter, get people who like the characters, but don't get people who are too big a fan. Yeah, yeah. Is the thing. And man, you know, looking at this now after seeing this movie, I'm like, hey, remember when I said I wasn't excited for Apocalypse? I'm sorry, uh, Brian Singer. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. After seeing this, I'm like, you know, Apocalypse doesn't look so bad. It doesn't, doesn't it? Because before, I'm just like, man, you know, there, there's no gimmick to this new X-Men movie, man. It's just straightforward. I mean, I'm sure it'll be okay, but it won't be amazing. Then after seeing this, I'm like, you know what? Okay is good enough. Hey, look, <laughs> hey, look, there's a picture of the costumes. Don't they look nice? They'll probably only be wearing them for a minute, but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, it's okay, but in three weeks we have Civil War, so yeah. we're all good. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so it's looking good. Um, I guess we'll bring this show to a close. Man, this must have been a whiplash episode for some people because we heap tons of praise on DC in the first half, being like, man, Rebirth, things are going to be so good. They're bringing back all the stuff we like. <laughs> then we talk about this movie and we're just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just friggin' whoa, man. So, yeah, I mean, I guess this will bring uh, this episode to an end. Uh, I eagerly await the comment section for this week's episode. I'm sure that will be a joy. I don't think it would be that bad. My review didn't get really anything that bad. Our our fans are cool is the thing. I think our fans understand, you know what, an opinion's an opinion. We're not judging you when we judge the movie and your taste. We respect you is the thing, and we respect your taste and everything. This is just how we feel, and you can agree or disagree. And you know what, as we said before, the box office take proves that a lot of people wanted to go see it anyway, and a lot of people were happy. Uh, Us not liking a thing and you liking a thing, Thing doesn't make the world worse you know be happy you liked a thing and you know hope that maybe we'll like it again next time <laughs> yeah although i will say there was maybe a couple twitter followers who were like yes yeah, so you're gonna back up what i think of the movie right joel and i'm like well, i'm gonna have to go see my review then i mean i'm right, right now. <laughs> just, just, just you know don't be d- d- don't freak out too much <laughs> if my thinking doesn't line up entirely with what you think <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess that'll do it for what I guess ended up being an extra long episode of the comic multiverse. Only two topics, and we stretched it over a whole show. Yeah, it's good. 
Uh, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, favorite, check us out on our respective Facebook page and everything. A lot of people are checking out the Cape Joel Facebook page, and that's cool. Uh, thanks to everyone who subscribed the way they did. I am very near on my way to 5,000 subscribers very soon, which is super awesome. Awesome. Be sure to check out Matt in Fortress of Solitude. He's got a lot of great Superman videos, and he's continuing his look at Superman across media. So if you want to learn a little bit more about Superman, Matt's got you back. I got you back. Maybe you'll understand his views a little bit more when you actually watch how much he genuinely knows about Superman and why some stuff seems like sacrilege to him. Yeah, maybe you will. Like, like here's the thing. I know, like, we just shat on the movie version, but Superman is Matt's favorite character, everybody. I'm talking to him on Skype right now, and his, uh, his avatar is Superman. I know. It's, it's kind of sad seeing Superman treated like this. What, uh, what, what uh, just, just so the people know, what, uh, that Superman in particular, where's that one from? My, my Skype one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from my favorite Superman story, Up, Up, and Away. It's ah. the front cover of it. Nice, nice. Hey, everyone, go go read Up, Up, and Away. That's your homework. <laughs> <laughs> go read Up, Up, and Away, everyone. Uh, yeah, so be sure to do all that good stuff. Uh, oh, also, too, hey, pluggy, pluggy, plug. Uh, if you're a fan of comic-based legal videos, head on over to the NerdSync channel. I did a Super Suits episode over there. Uh, Stan Lee versus Stan Lee Media. Man, that's a, that's a head-scratcher of a case is what that one is. <laughs> I think it might yeah. actually be one of my more poorly researched ones just because I had to go through, like, 20 years' worth of lawsuits. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, they've been suing each other nonstop, and it's only kind of now coming to an end, and even then it's not over. <laughs> <laughs> so be sure to check that one out, and we will join you again next week. Same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse place. See ya. See ya.